Welcome, 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 Lisa. It's so great to have you. Thank you. Yeah. So Lisa, you are a psychic medium. Of course, that's how I met you. And then you were also an animal communicator. You've always been into the animal communication. That just kind of boggles my mind. So with over 25 years of experience, oh my gosh, that sounds like, like me. So as a child, you could hear electricity, mm -hmm, see colored energy dots and that could also be manipulated into shapes and telepathically communicate with your pets. And do you know what? I think you are the only person besides myself that could see energy. You're the only other person that I've ever heard of that could do that. And it's, I'm not saying it's a, a like makes us any more special. It just might make us more weird. <laughs> so, yeah. So you earned your bachelor's in metaphysical sciences from the University of Metaphysical Sciences and work and you're working on your doctorate in mediumship. Very cool. Very cool. You are a certified soul retrieval and shamanic and Yusui Reiki and also crystal light color balancing. We'll get into that too to see what the heck that is. That sounds pretty cool. So Lisa's been, been featured on local cable TV and national psychic radio talk shows. In 2006, she was so showcased in Jennifer Diamond's top 50 psychics and mediums in the U.S whoop whoop girlfriend and is featured on bob olson's best psychic directory with over 500 positive views now that just blows my mind because i have 300 some so 500 just kind of blows my mind i thought i was doing good <laughs> yeah so when we get the show notes you'll be able to contact lisa it is on my Facebook page, but her website is lisamillerpsychicmedium.com. The email is lisamillerpsychicmedium.com at gmail. And the phone number is 484-798-4972. Without further ado, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, everybody. Yay, yay. So how did you get started in animal communication? Like, like I said, I know you are... You know, you've done this since childhood, but what made you finally think, um, um, hey, these guys are actually talking to me. How do you figure that out? Really simple. I had already been doing my mediumship and went to somebody who, somebody local in the area who was an animal communicator and showed her a picture of my little kiwi. It was a little gray cheek parakeet that I had that I lost love of my life. Ooh. And 10 minutes, she nailed it. And I was just so blown away. And she said, you know, you can do this. And I, yeah, okay, no, I can't. And I don't even remember how that transitioned. But I'd say for the last six years, it has become almost my sole focus in my work. It through, if you look back in my testimonials, everybody in the last like six months has been animals. I put wow. it out there. That's really what I want to do. I love my mediumship. Everybody out there is now, you know, a medium and great, go for it. But, yeah. um, I, you know, the animals, they're, I, I think back to when I was a kid, I've always been attracted to animals. You know, the ironic thing is I'm highly allergic to cats, dogs, horses, like everything. So I don't, yeah, it's really weird. Birds, I have birds, the dust. <laughs> so but but it works great doing it remotely on the phone. It, it's perfect. It's perfect. Love it. Very good. Very well, it good. just stopped, Lisa, and it, it just blossomed. You know what? I was talking to a colleague and student yesterday how 
you know, we start out thinking this is where we want to be. And then either the clients dictate where you're going, you know, or the universe steps in and says, no, we're going to take that away. We want you to move here. And it sounds like pretty much that's what's going on here, where your expertise has really grown in that area and you're becoming known for that, which is so needed because, you know, as well as I do, that our pets are our children, period. Yeah. Right. So it's such an important thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is such an important thing. So can you also work with um, deceased animals? Absolutely. It, it is just like in mediumship. You're working with their soul. Mm -hmm. and they're very open. I personally find when I do mediumship with people, sometimes I tend to be a little slow in the beginning. And I, I don't know if it's the person in front of me is nervous as you know, they're, they're, they're nervous when they come. They don't know what to sure. expect. But with the pets, when you're working in partnership with your sitter and the pet in spirit, before I even crack the computer open, I work with photos because it's the quickest way to connect through the eyes. Bam, they're already, once I'm setting my intention, they're already coming in with signs and symbols and funny little, oh my gosh, they're hysterical. They love to come in like that so that the sitter is then no longer nervous. You go right in. You go right in. They're mind-blowing. That's neat. So this is like way off script, I guess. Not off topic, but way off script. But it's kind of made, it, it triggered my mind. Do animals reincarnate? Yes. Absolutely. What, That's what I thought, but. Yeah. What I find is, you know, a lot of people who call me, I don't advertise that I work through that because it's such a deep issue. Do. When I when somebody says to me, is my pet coming back three days after they've passed? I understand their desire to, oh my gosh, to connect yeah. with their baby. But I tell them, you know, let me work with the sole purpose first. And that takes some time to dig. You don't just get that. Let's start from, let's, instead of going from A to Z, let's get this stuff in the middle and then let the pet tell me. And often that soul mission will dictate whether they're, they're finished with that person or not. That's really cool. What are some of the reasons someone would contact you for animal communication? Most of the time, it is based on a behavioral issue. And I tell people I'm not a behavioralist. I tell it from their point of view, what they're willing to do for changes for the highest good of everybody involved. Or they want to talk about the biggest one I'm finding coming into from the universe is end of life. You know, what do they want? And what are people ready to do? Ah, uh, medical. That's good. Yeah, med. Oh, it is great. Medical. You know, they want me to just, hey, how's my baby doing? And I, of course, I have to counsel them. If you really, you know, don't take my word for it, but this is from their point of view. They'll point to their back and say, "That's where I hurt." And I don't know the medical, so I tell them go check by a vet. Those are three of the biggest ones. Of course, they're passing. They want to know: Are they safe? Were they happy with me? Did I do the right thing? Mm -hmm. are they you know, just like people, we want to know yeah. that from people. Yep. Absolutely. It's so interesting because, you know, I haven't had an animal in so long just because of my schedule. I'm never home. Um, so it would be difficult, you know, but that unconditional love from your animal, even if it's a persnickety cat, you know, but they're always there they they feed on your emotion and they know what you need even without asking and that unconditional love like I said is just it's amazing 
It really is amazing. So I love that there's people like you in this world that can really get some answers um, from the animals themselves, you know, from the animals themselves. Well, you know what, everybody, all those, all those that are listening in, if you'd like Lisa to connect with your animal or just answer a question pertaining to your animal, please raise your hand either down below or up above. Um, you can like either touch a screen if you're on the phone or on an iPad or whatever, or wheel your mouse around on the screen and then you'll see raise your hand down there. So I will know that you want to communicate. So we do have someone that, that is ready. Debbie's at, wants to ask a question. Are you ready, Lisa? Yeah. Okay. So keep in mind, everybody, um, Lisa will ask you some questions about the animal, what kind of animal, that kind of thing, the animal's name or whatever. So you'll be ready to bring that up. Debbie, we've got you live. Hi, girlfriend. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for listening in. And thank you. Um, this is fantastic, of course. Uh, I love, I love Lisa. Um, I won't go into, I won't go into any details, but um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, both of you, as a matter of fact, Lisa uh, Busan, is that how I'm pronouncing that? Yeah. Right? For for inviting Lisa Miller on, and of course Lisa Miller because because she's a family member, and I love her dearly. Oh, um, so you paid her, did you, Lisa? No, God, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I did want to ask, Lisa, um, so Lurch, my greyhound, uh, sustained a pretty nasty injury about a month ago, and I visually I can see how he's healing, um, but I guess I want to know, you know, how he's dealing with it and um i don't know if he would share <laughs> or you could see what what got him and led him into that that spot where he sustained his injury but this is the kind of you know i think of my poor boy oh deb the one thing that he's showing me is, I, I know he's got a little boot on him just from the picture that that you had posted and you know you and i don't oh. talk about it but he right gets a little frustrated with that boot he's showing him like if he's gonna wiggle it off like he wants it off and I, I, I feel like he's very youthful in his energy and wants to um get that off as soon as possible he still has a little bit of i can feel it real deep down to the bone so i don't know what his injury was and i don't want you to say anything right. but he's helping me understand it that it goes a lot deeper than just like if it was a laceration or whatever he did um, yeah. he's also a little this is kind of funny with him He's also a little, I don't want to say embarrassed, but um, I almost feel like he puts his head down a little bit, like not, not in shame, but um, he's really goofy. He doesn't really understand what did I do? Right. What did I do? Why do I have this? You keep talking to him because I know you're really good with animals. You know, right. just oh, baby, it's just going to be a little bit longer. Um, even when you take that bandage off, be careful because I feel like Lurch wants to go, go, yeah. go full. Well, Cool. I can I can tell you, Lisa. It was just taken off yesterday. Good. It just wow. yesterday. He yeah, has no more bandage, and yeah, you know, he wants to go. And when I brought him home from that vet, he he got that coat off his head, and him and Leah must have been running around the damn yard. And that's the first time he has in a month. I'm sorry, but okay, Deb. Yeah. Well, very good. Very Thank good. Thank you. Deb, thanks for tuning in. 
Alrighty, so that's great. That is really great. So you tune into the energy, and I love, honestly, Debbie, I love the name Lurch. That was that just cracked me up. I thought that was funny. <laughs> so they can communicate with you uh, clairsentiently, clairvoyantly, clairaudiently. What's what's like? What are the main ways that you feel yeah. like animals communicate with you? For me, most of the time when I perceive, I, I feel, I feel deep. So I can feel a lot of their emotions. Um, if they have physical pain in their body, I can usually feel where that is, how that manifests for them, if it does at all. Some of them don't feel it. They won't let me have it, which I love when they don't let me have it. Um, visually, they're very visual. Uh, they will give me, you know, whatever they're seeing from, I feel like I'm in their body. You know, right. I feel from their point of view what I'm seeing. And so I don't always interpret the signs just like a mediumship. We're not really meant to do that. We could be wrong. But it, usually they're very good at explaining multiple ways that they understand those signs or symbols. And then it's just telepathically. And, and right. I, that's the order I work. But then it's up to the pet. Mm -hmm. And their ability. Oh, yeah. And their yeah. ability. You know, I mentioned this to you before. It's funny because I had um, done some animal communication a million years ago. Not my forte, I will have to say. Um, but my sister had a dog who truly, I really feel was uh, like had ADD or ADHD because a dog would like bounce around. Um, and when I tried to communicate with him, he would not maintain eye contact because that's how I would communicate telepathically pretty much. But this dog, uh-uh, you know, I, I'd look at him and he'd go like this. He'd look at me like, Nope. You know, he, he didn't want to be acknowledged. He didn't want to communicate. And do you see things like that in your practice? There are pets that, um, for the most part, I'd say 98% of the time, they're bam, they're right in and they know. I, I, I treat them with the utmost respect. I don't come at them with my questions. I tell people, get me. Now, I know on radio it's different. Now, I only have a few seconds, but I let them give themselves to me however they want. And that helps me understand the personality. But every now and then I get one that will give me the eye and then do this. Like you said, look away. And I'm like, yeah. babe, I'm here to help you and help you with your mommy and daddy. So they usually can stay. But the ADD ones, We'll be in the middle of a conversation. Bam, they're off energetically. I have something to play with. I need food. Yeah. Squirrel. And, and I, I can't control it. But for the most part, they, they stay. And, and often people will tell me they come in the room when they weren't in the room. And, and right when I'm talking to them, communicating what maybe we need for changes to happen, the animals will come in. So they, they know. And they know I have the best intentions. And they, of course. Yeah, it's funny. You know. That's really cool. So what's your process actually of working with the animals? It's really simple. I, I, like I said, I set my intention that whatever we communicate is going to be to the highest good of everybody. But usually I do it with the pet in mind first because they have the free will. As you discovered, they can do what they need to do. And then it is really, I just like to work with the photos because the eyes are, are so soulful and they give me their personality usually is the easiest thing I connect with just to understand that. And then it's up to the people if they want to ask questions. Most of the time pets will answer them. Sometimes they don't want to. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then I, I just go. It's so, it's that simple. And maybe it's not that simple, but I've developed it to the point that for me, it's just light and fast. Um, but what people have to understand is they're going to give me, the pets are going to give me what they want, not always what 
the mommies and daddies want. I and love so, it. Yeah, I'm their, I'm their champion, you know? Yeah, it's the same thing, as you know, with spirit communication. Our job is to serve the dog or the spirit, yeah. not necessarily the person who's paying for the appointment. You know, I know it sounds weird and sometimes people think it's rude, but don't you want to know what your animals really say? Right, because your wishes and the animal's wishes may be completely different, you know? Yeah. So let's take another caller. I think always say caller, but I don't know what it is. Somebody who's watching the webinar. Let's take the next watcher. <laughs> so I'm going to promote Diana to panelist. And hello, Diana. How are you? Good. Oh, there's another country herd friend. There we go. Um, I have a, a cat that my mother gave me uh, as a kitten uh, shortly before she passed away. And his name was Max. And he was with me for 16 years. And I lost him three years ago. And I'm just wondering is he up there with my mom? Or is he back here now? Um, let me just, you have, you have several that are in spirit. Um, I just got to let you know, I don't get to choose who comes through for you. You have two different ones. You have a, cat, a, a black, mostly black cat that's showing themselves. And you also have one that's kind of got like patches on it, different colors, like a, and please forgive me if this is not you. Sometimes other people's cats come through, they're maybe waiting in the panel. Um, like black, tan, and white patches, and a little bit, the fur is a little bit thicker than most. Okay. Either one of these, are either one of these your pets? No. No. I, okay, so I apologize for that. It's just, okay. I cannot, I'm just going to, I write notes, and this is how it works in real sessions too. Sometimes what comes through is also for other people, and I can't control that. Let me do this with you, because I don't have the time with to spend a half hour with you. What, um, what color was Max? Um, he was tiger striped. Okay. So he was gray and black and... Got it. Hey, you also, so again, this is what's coming through. Was he a little bit on the bigger side? Yeah. Okay, so that's how I feel for the most part. I don't see him, but I can feel him. He feels, you know, he said, <laughs> he calls himself fluffy. Yeah, <laughs> very fluffy. He says fluffy. Um, I want you to understand with him, he does come for visits. And whoever that dog was behind you, uh -huh. that, that dog is aware that Max is coming in for visits. Um, Max has let me understand that he, is it he? Max, is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got several spots that are his favorite spots. Um, he does like windows. Yeah. I mean, most cats do. But um, what is the dog's name that was in the background? Wolf. Of course. Um, pay attention to Wolf because what Max wants you to understand is how he comes around for visits. Wolf will be kind of your radar detector and will literally stop and stare. Now, they're friends. These two get along really nice, and I know that sounds crazy. Having a cat he loves the two cats we have now, too. It, it makes sense to me. But, you're, but Max really likes Wolf. Not even talking about the other cats, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but likes your dog. I don't necessarily get um, this is just my thing. I don't always get who they're with on the other side, meaning like people. Okay. It's what happens for me is it's more about connecting to you and how they come around you. And he's coming in for visits. That's awesome. very good. Very good. So, so Diana, know that your baby's with you all the time. Of course he is. Oh. You know. Thank you. I just love it. You know, as Lisa said, there's 
there's reincarnation and of course that means that there's life in between lives just like in regular mediumship yeah. I have just always loved animals more than most people and when I was little I always wanted to be Dr. Doolittle when I grew up Aww. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Diana, thanks for chiming in. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. So the process of communicating with animals is no, really no different than communicating with spirit people, right? So one has really lent itself into the other. So can an animal... Hmm, do you mix your Reiki or your healing with the communication as well sometimes? Hmm. If it's, if, well, yeah, I guess. It, it, yeah, if that comes, it's not often. And you know why? Because I don't necessarily put that on my website in, mm. with where people are ordering the animal communication session. I see, but gotcha. absolutely, if they're ill, I can send them Reiki energy and they definitely, they take it. Oh, they, sure. Oh, animals soak up Reiki like crazy. Yeah. Reiki, yeah. So everybody, if you don't know, Reiki is a Japanese um, healing method. Um, it's a hands-on or hands-off. It can be set to a distance. Also, uh, R-E-I-K-I. I just wanted to add one other thing for Diana that's, that it doesn't stop. <laughs> it stopped. Um, okay, go ahead. needs to pay attention also to, there's something about the sparkles when Max comes in, something in the window, whether that's like a chunk, uh, like a wind chime, but it sparkles. Um, um, to me, it looks like a little bright light, like a, like if you had a crystal. And, and so she needs to just look for that. That's part of what Max is trying to show me. Very good. Very good. Very cool. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't just turn itself off, you know, it, you know, because it, it does linger a little bit. So how does animal communication bring comfort or healing after the loss of a pet? Like, how does that actually help the client deal with that? A lot of times, let's, you know, when they've passed, again, those same questions come up. A lot of them, when they've decided to put their pet down, was that the right time? Was that the right decision? And so what the pets often will do will, will take me to their passing, will let me get maybe that last three days of it. Or if it was six months, whatever they're, again, because I'm a feeler, they'll let me understand what that condition is without people telling me. And then, you know, they'll explain from their point of view what they saw, what they want their people to understand about that time frame, maybe how they were suffering. And that was a gift for them to be euthanized. And then what also happens for me is I tend to get signs. It, it, I get it. I don't, I guess I ask for it. So that when the call is over, they still have something to look forward to. Something, everybody wants a sign, whether it's a visual or a feeling, whatever that is. So I tend to get those kinds of things. And then that brings them comfort to know that we don't die. We continue. Our, you know, life continues, just not the physical realm. And uh, a lot of times the signs are very much recognized if not immediately the clients will write back and say i i didn't understand in the beginning but then i did and 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 that's when they let me know that brings me comfort to know they're here they're around mm -hmm. very cool well i'm promoting gorgeous to or georgeous to the to the uh panel and could you repeat your name because i'm sorry if i massacred it oh hey is that you lisa it's jules oh it, it comes up as gorgeous or gorgeous. Well, Christian bought me this computer and that's what he called me. So, yeah, sorry. 
<laughs> see you. I, I brought my sister with her pet. Oh, look at you. That's Fernando. This is a little man. Fernando. And he has a lot of, he's afraid of, every, of everything, especially my husband. <laughs> and I, I don't know what can I do to help him. Well, thanks for coming along. Uh, yeah, thanks, Jules, for inviting. Inviting. What's your sister-in-law's name? Your sister? My, I'm Cindy, and no, I've met sister. you before. Oh, yes. She's my favorite human being. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at work at Glad to have you to come to work. So, Lisa, what do you think's going on with Fernando? I, I do have a question. Cindy, is he a rescue? Yes, he is, and I'm at least his third owner. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And he so was with a lot of dogs before, too. That's what he spent a lot of time with. I think he has all the other dogs' fears in that. I'm not sure. He's got a complex. First of all, it, he's got that little dog syndrome of, you know, he's what's happening for him? He's insecure. He really is insecure about it. I don't feel like it's his size. I feel like it's been that he's been moved around a little bit. He, you are his forever home. And um, trying to get him in there. I'm going to talk right to him. Yeah, um, look at him. See, he, he, won't look. he wears there a we onesie. I would <laughs> never get rid of him. Um, I'm just, so what I would do with him. Yeah, he, it's not a male issue. It is a person issue. He's just kind of. It just so happens that it's your husband that's around him more often. Um, try to build him up a little bit. Um, and I want you, yeah, I got it. Sorry, I'm talking to him. With toys, work with him with toys. Let him be the big man because he's just feeling like not everything is his. How long have you had him? Oh, eight, that's been over two years. Yeah, he's still, he's still feeling like I don't. I don't feel like I own things. Like they're like, look at him. He won't even look. Tell him about Abby, the other dog. Well, I do have another dog named Ebony. Ebony. She's older. She's 14 years old and she is the ruler. She's of the dog. Dog. She is, yeah. of course. So make sure that for Fernando, that he has, because he's shown me toys. Like I need to own some of my toys, just mine. I don't <laughs> own anybody else's. They have to be mine, but it has to come from you. Like this is for you. And it cannot okay. be scented with. Um, Ebony, it, it, it just, in other words, have single play time with Fernando. Just, you know, you first until that really gets to be built like that toy is just mine. And then put it away. Do not leave it out for your other dog. And then have your husband do the same thing because that's what's going to happen is Fernando's going to have that scented all for himself. And it's going to start to build some confidence in him. And then that's going to start to translate to how he works with people. Okay. It's really, that's simple. It's just one little thing. And I wish I had more time, but I, you know, <laughs> that's really great. It's so funny because look at his little face is like whatever, whatever. <laughs> he does have a little. He tends to tinkle so. everywhere, so he has to wear clothes with a little pad in it because I can't potty train him. He was in a like cage most of his time. He spent in a cage by himself with other dogs in a small room. For at least three or four years. That makes sense. That's why he's like, I want something of my own. You're so cute. Yeah. And he spins in circles. That's all he did when I first got him. And he does all left turns. Everything is left. It's all certain. He's sort of compulsive like a Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. He has things that have to be certain ways, you know. And that's okay. 
Well, thank you for telling me. I'm going to get him his own toys, and I'll try playing with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just him. Yes. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because I just get the sense that he needs to know that he's a priority. Yes. I try to make him feel that. I truly do. He knows I love him very much. I know that. Well, of course, of course. But like Lisa said, it's quite possible that um, he still feels like he's in competition or he's second fiddle. Right. You know, with Ebony, so. You're not second fiddle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank oh, you, Lisa Miller. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye, Kiss gorgeous. Love. I love your new hair. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks. Take care, sweetie. It's so funny. I love him. He was so cute. Oh my gosh, he was so cute. So yeah, I love it. All right. So that's interesting how they have complexes, just like humans do. Rescues. I work with almost all rescues. There's something about them. Um, it's interesting. They do have behavioral concerns, but they're usually very quick. Once somebody can identify what that is, they're pretty easy to work through it mm -hmm. unless they're really traumatized. And, and even then they still have the capacity to love. It's amazing. We talked about how animal communication can help the people after their pets passing, but do pets leave signs for their humans? just like humans do or human spirits do? Yeah, uh, they're, they're very interesting. It, it's different for, again, it's different. It, it just depends. Um, I can't even say that I have a particular one because they, I try to ask for unique signs. I'm sure you do the same thing. Don't give me the same thing that every, I don't want to know about pennies from heaven. Give me something right. really weird that your owner will understand. Yes. Uh, a lot of times they explain how they come for visits around like if people, keep the items, you know, the collars, the toys, where they're located, how they create like a sacred altar, pictures, all of those things. They let them know we're coming for visits. We know, we know about your memorial to me. Um, a lot of them like to, dogs especially, like to come in at night and be at the edge of the bed and they'll show me what side and what's on the table. So like people understand, I'm not just saying this, right. this is what your room looks like. You have a window here, this is where they are. So I love that they can, give that now everybody wants to see a sign but not you know it is that partnership of what spirit can give what their best way to give a sign is and then how we perceive and what i tell people is don't get upset those first few weeks when your pet passes you're in deep grief you're in shock denial you go through anger like like just like people worse sometimes and you want to see but just think like you're inside yourself so you're not going to see what's external and then what I tell them is just go and have a moment of quietness. That's important if you're going to perceive signs to be in your own state of presence and openness. Go take a bath or something where you're, you're not distracted. And then just let them come in and you'll start to perceive. Some pets are really ornery and love to knock things over, you know, pictures, keys. Some of them hide things just like people. Um, a lot of them like to talk about uh, their Scooby snacks that are going to be found. <laughs> yes, yeah, Scooby snacks found in places that would never, you would never think that. And some people say, well, my pet's been gone a year. I'm not saying you didn't vacuum, but there's a Scooby snack hiding, you know, behind <laughs> and, you know, and sure enough, there they are. And so, oh my you know, gosh, mind blowing. 
I love that. I just, that just warms my heart. It really does that they can provide such accurate messages and evidence that that's just astounding. It's just astounding. It really is. So do you do any um, work with like large animals or is it mostly cats and dogs and house pets? Horses are really big where I am. This is horse okay. country. They're amazing. Yes, they, they are. They, I don't, oh. You know, everybody makes fun of the cats. They stereotype them. They're not all like that. Some are like dogs. Dogs yes. are dogs. Horses are people. Yes. I, I do agree. Oh, so willful. Ooh. <laughs> so, I do agree. Yeah. I was <laughs> called one time to work, at, to work with a horse. Um, she was an adoption. Um, but the owner had had her about four years and he just, she'd just been ornery, you know, just mm -hmm. an ornery old lady. And when I went to see her, I swear to God, my head came up to the bottom of her belly. <laughs> so she was like a female Clydesdale. Like she was just monstrous. So it was a little intimidating. But as soon as I got with her, you know, and I rubbed her and I told her how beautiful she was and, you know, just, you know, praised her up one wall and down the other. And... I came, she finally, she looked, she finally looked at me because before she was like her stroke. I was all over her, you know, her, her front end, her hind end, her sides. And she was like, eh, not paying attention, not paying attention. And after about 20 minutes of adoring her, she finally looked at me. It was like, okay, we can start talking now, oh, you know. Yeah. And hers was mistrust, oh. right? Mistrust. Um, and pain, physical pain, um, but where there was no outward signs and there was no redness or swelling or anything like that. But um, it was almost like she told this might sound kind of funny, but it was almost like she had fibromyalgia. Oh, it was really kind of a strange thing. So in the shoulder areas and yeah. you know that type of thing. So I know what you're talking about. The large animals, like oh yeah, they're just like people. <laughs> they're just like people. And what's funny is I want to mention this because this just cracks me up. So where my younger sister lives, she lives not too far from um, a farm and there's always cows there. Well, she's, she doesn't know the actual name of the cows, but she's named them. And she goes walking by the farm all the time on her daily jaunts. So she walks by the farm and now they come to visit her. And I don't know if she's telepathically communicating with them, but there's gotta be something going on because they are just in love with my sister. You know, they'll, she'll talk to them and, you know, well, I don't know what she says, but whatever. So, but I just think that's really cool. Obviously they're getting something, oh, yeah. you know, maybe it's just the attention. Yeah. Maybe it's just maybe the attention. Walk around with their own form of energy. So. Right. Yeah. Have you ever heard of, uh, I'm probably going to massacre this, Kulning, K-U-L-N-I-N-G. I think it's Kulning. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's cow calling wow. cow calling yeah so if you do a little google search on cow calling or calling i think it's c you know k-u-l-n-i-n-g or something like that it's very it's not really a yodel it's more like a i can't describe it it it's it's cool though it's really cool so anyways if i remember i'll put that link in the, in the show notes so let's take another attendee I'm, oh gosh, I don't know your first name. It's a nickname, Chala. So I'm not sure if this is Rochelle or whatever that is, but we'll get you in just a second. I'm promoting you to a panelist. Hi there. Oh, Choya. Hello yeah. there. 
I know this lady. Like, mind I you, was, I don't have my glasses on. This is my older sister, Deb. <laughs> so, hi, baby doll. I see you're at work playing hooky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, you have a question for Lisa? I do. I do. Sure. You know, when Choya died unexpectedly, did she know how much I cared? What, what is Choya? Choya is a black standard poodle. I, she lived, I feel like she lived a, a long life. She was not like real young when she passed. She was eight. That's not that long. Okay. Do you have another one that lived to be more like 12 to 13 years? Yeah, we did. That's coming through for you. Who was that one? Uh, Sarah lived to be 12 or 13. Sarah. And is that also another poodle? Yep. That's all I've got is poodles. Okay. So just know, I, again, I spoke about this earlier. I don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. This is the one that you have coming through for you. It doesn't mean that, is it Chola? Chola. That's why I saw it too. It's like, oh, Chola. This is the one that comes in for you. And is this, was this like two or three poodles? Like if you have more, is this two or three back? Yes, it is because I have two right now. Okay. I got, I'm I got to go with what I'm getting, okay? Because this yeah. is who's going through for you. And I, this happens in sessions too. Yeah. She, Sarah was a rescue. Yeah, she loved you. And I mean, her energy is coming through real soft around you. And I don't know if you understood how much she loved you. And this, I'm going to tell you something. When she's pushing past other spirits, that tells me a little bit about her, that she has the need to let you know that. Like she's pushing everybody else aside. That's a masculine energy, what I would call masculine energy, very strong. But yet I feel like she's gentle. That she she was not, yeah, but she's, she's just got to make sure she gets hurt. So just know she's the one coming through for you to, to let you know that. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting the, oh, wait a minute. Yes, I am. The other one's male. Female. We've Female. only, yeah. Say the name again. Choya. Choya's got the personality. Very, um, oh my gosh. Very youthful energy, and not just because young, but youthful, like big energy. And yeah. what was the question around this one again? Just to know that you loved? Yeah. He comes around you. Uh, pay attention to some of the energies by your feet. When he comes for visits, he likes to do this little pattern of a circle. And he likes to do it right by your feet. You may feel like you're tripping up or like you're, you're stepping over something. Yeah, that would be her. That's her? Yeah. That's how she's coming in. So, you know, just know they always come in when they love, when there's love. So it's an equal exchange. Um, like the reason I keep saying male, her presence feels very masculine, which is very strong. I'm surprised Sarah got past the energy of Choya. Um, yes, I got it. So he's telling me I ripped through the house. Like I am back and forth back and forth so you may feel that breeze real low and you'll be looking around like is there a heater vent somewhere that's on or a door that's open no that's just the love like i gotta come in for visits i'm not i oh my gosh you know it's it's funny because Choi passed away unexpectedly and about a year later we got another female and her daddy and they were like rescues but the female is She's big. She's really huge. Like 75 pounds for a standard poodle is big. And she is, if I go into a room, she's in the room. If I move to another room, she goes with me. She's like my little shadow. She goes everywhere I go. 
and she seems to have a huge vocabulary. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And so did Choya. Yeah. Choya did too. Choya is the one that, uh, to be honest with you, is it, it kind of was overwhelming how clearly she was communicating. Like, Lisa, you had said that the animals will show you things, right? Well, when I went to go visit Deb, Choya, when she was still here, like, got right up in my face. Like, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. And she gave me some, oh my gosh, like there's no way I would have known that Sarah's bed is underneath my sister's bed right now. And it looks like an Indian blanket. And I would have known that. Like how often do you go snooping underneath your sister's bed? <laughs> Never. So yeah, so Debbie's right. The, the communication with her while she was living and even after she was living, it's just astounding, just astounding. So, but she was a very smart dog and they're all poodles are always, in my uh, findings are very intelligent no matter what kind of poodles they are but so anyways well thanks for listening in Deb it was yeah. great seeing you next time I see Chala Chala 8 I'll know it's you <laughs> <laughs> take care sweetie love all right you. love you too bye bye, -bye. all right now I'll let Deb get back to work <laughs> I love it that was so funny I, I didn't know her name was spelled with two L's it doesn't make sense to me but whatever <laughs> I, I love when the other pets come in too. I know. I know. It was funny because it was Choya who told me all about Sarah, who I think I had met once and I was really like, mm, it's a dog, you know, but yeah, so it was really kind of a weird thing. So Choya was really the one who opened up my eyes with about the animal communication, like, like, holy moly, you know, holy moly. And when Choya passed away, it was probably about three or four months after that communication happened. I was actually working um, an admin job and I was walking from the printer to my desk and it was like, oh, I smell funeral flowers. Well, that was the day that Choya died. Aww. Yeah. So she, she came to me, she told me like, Hey, you know, I'm okay. This is what's happened. Yeah. So I called Deb and sure enough. So when you communicate with your animals, of course, you need to know maybe the breed or the pet's name, whether they're living or deceased, of course, because sometimes, how do you know if, unless someone tells you if they're living or deceased, because the energy is still the same, right? Yeah, you know, I, this is, <laughs> I've noticed very, very subtle differences. Um, I used to work with missing pets, and I chose to stop doing that because I felt like, um, how do I say this? Unless I ask a direct question, are you in spirit? And if so, show me how. I'm always afraid, you know, that if I, if someone's looking for their pet and I sense that they're in spirit, I could still be wrong. Of course. I mean, what I get, what I tell people is when they give me signs, I don't know where that is on a timeline, whether they were living or not, but this is what the pet will show. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose I could tighten that up. I chose to step away from it. So I want to know, living or deceased? You know, I, I, that's just me, but it's subtle. There is a, there is a, there's, yeah, it's very subtle. Too hard for me to really know. No, I totally understand. Cause I feel the same way when I work a missing persons case. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know that there's, there's always room for error, of course. Yeah. But, and you don't want to tell the family the wrong thing. I totally get it. Yeah. So much responsibility. That's exactly it. And I, I know what you're talking about with people. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you don't want to be wrong for the people. You know, it's not that you give a rip about you being wrong for yourself. It's about yeah. you don't want to be wrong for your people, you know? So let's see. I'm going to promote Melissa to panelist. Here she comes. Hello, Melissa. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Well, Doing look who we have here. Uh, this is Brady. Oh. <laughs> He's my uh, Boston Terrier. Oh, listen to me. Just wants to talk. <laughs> Hello, Brady. What's your question? He's Do you have a question for us, Melissa? Yeah, so um, Brady has um, has been having some um, medical issues lately, and we just aren't getting the answers that we're looking for from his vet. And um, I just want to know, like, is there is there something that he wants that we just can't figure out? Okay, again, I don't have a lot of time to go into like exploring him necessarily myself. What is your vet telling you? They're not. I feel like they're not giving you anything. Well, uh, we're, 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 he has hip dysplasia, which is causing severe arthritis, and came on pretty fast. And um, he's pretty much having problems walking on his back leg. He's not putting his back leg down at all. And we've kind of exhausted all of the, uh, the, the, the medicines and, and whatnot. Just aren't, you know, can't pinpoint what he needs and what, what makes him comfortable. Yep. So has he, is he, I feel like he's been either a little bit more fussier than usual. Do you understand what I mean? Like just a little bit more, um, yeah. he can't settle maybe as much as he used to. Cause I don't feel like he, he's such a talker though. He's so cute, but I do feel like he, he's either pacing or talking even a little bit more in, uh, cause I can hear it in his voice. Um, for him, what I feel is like, if he's got hip dysplasia, it feels like something is spreading. I'm not saying it's a cancer. I would never do that. The way I feel cancer is, is a poke somewhere in my body. And I don't feel that with him, but I do feel like if it's muscular, it feels like it's moving more up his body, more from the back to the front. Okay. Um, yeah, I got it. So he, what he's also doing, he's let me understand how he kind of, he has such a hard time settling like wiggling to the left to the right I cannot get comfortable oh got it thank you have you tried using for him <laughs> he's so cute he wants you to take the pillow and kind of elevate his back end okay do, do you know what I mean by that like yeah. if he's like if he's gonna lay down take a because he's a small dog something that is maybe like an inch like a pillow that's almost flattened and put it, you know, by his side and let him maneuver himself into it. I, for whatever reason, I feel like he wants to, I literally want to take my back in and bump it out and just have it elevated. I don't know what, I honestly don't know what that's going to do for him, but it's what he's showing me. Okay. Um, it, yeah, sorry, he is talking to me. It, <laughs> uh, he's having me understand that will take some of the, literally the gravity pressure off of the hips for him. Okay. Just see if that won't help him. Okay, and I don't know how to tell you medically what's going on. I always tell people I'm not a vet. I can only tell you what the pets want me to understand to pass on to you that could help them. Right. Uh, but it does feel muscular in it. Yes, I got it. I, I, one other thing. I don't know if you've taken him to like a chiropractor who works on pets, but it feels like he understands like a little bit of his spine may be out of alignment. 
when you're talking about the um, hip dysplasia. Yes, I got it. He's having me understand if you could get like a little, they do doggy massages, it could help him. And he also would help it because it's muscular. There's something muscular there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Things. That really makes sense because that would make sense to us, right? To manipulate or to massage, you know, because the muscles, if, they, if it is muscular, can easily pull the, the vertebrae out of place. Right. Know? So that's great, Lisa. Good job. Very thank cool. You. Very thank cool. So thank you so much, Melissa, for tuning in and um, coming on air. All right. So Lisa, can you tell us one more time how people can get a hold of you? Best way is to visit the website, which is lisamillerpsychicmedium.com. You go on there and tons of information about the services that I provide and testimonials so people can read more about the effect of what a reading can do for them. You know, my phone number is there. That's the best way. Everything's there. Awesome. Awesome. And I will also put those in the show notes when I air the edited version of this webinar, which will probably be by the end of the week. So I'm glad everything just finally came together. It was great talking with you and great seeing you as always. God bless you, sweetie. And everybody who's um, listening or who has their hand up and they, we weren't able to get to your questions, Lisa Miller, Psychic Medium, to get your animal questions answered yeah for readings so you do you offer half hour full hours what do you offer honey yeah usually with pets half hour is plenty for one to two pets i do it over the phone and work through the pictures and it's wonderful real quick very good very good well again thank you so much it was wonderful talking with you and everybody look at the show notes lisa's contact information will be there take care honey bye thanks lisa oh thank you bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.